Welcome to another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan, and as always, I'm joined by Mike James. And this week, I'm super excited to announce that we have our first external guest to the Xamarin Podcast, Xamarin MVP, David Ortonow. So David, welcome to the podcast. What's going on? How you doing? The one and only. <laughs> the first. Yeah. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. We're about to find out. Well, you know, we thought we'd start with you because you're a known quantity and you're amazing, so... <laughs> Ever, everyone will tune in to hear this if, if every other one is a disaster at least we started on a high well, we need to set the expectations lower to start and then i can exceed them what's, what's going on here just you know letting everyone know how good you are <laughs> so david for those who don't know you um would you like to share a little bit about your background and and how you got into xamarin development absolutely so uh, based in St. Louis, Missouri, and I've been doing software development uh, in one form or another for a little over 20 years, which I, I feel like makes me really old these days. Um, so started out doing web development, of course, uh, HTML, CSS, but uh, quickly found that uh, having a database and a dynamic language was nice, or you know, be, being able to script. So I turned into a little script kitty doing ASP and Access. Um, and I, I, I sat down a, a developer, because I have an English degree, I don't actually have a computer science degree, and I, I forced this, this really smart developer to sit down. I said, 50 bucks, start on the whiteboard, tell me everything I need to know. And uh, that's how I got started. So that's kind of been my modus operandi for a long time. When I want to learn something new, I find somebody, I pay them money, and I have them teach me. Um, so I uh, spent several years working for creative agencies, um, doing microsites for movies. I remember one of my first really fun ones was an Austin Powers website. Uh, it was some kind of sweepstakes giveaway slash game thing, and that was a blast. You know, I mean, who doesn't love a good Austin Powers, right? Absolutely. Michael, it. can you give us the accent? Uh, I, I'm actually terrible at Austin Powers, oh. but I can drive like him. I I took my test last yeah. week, and you know, <laughs> like the the three point turn. Well, let me just say I had more than three points in my turn. <laughs> right on. Uh, so so spent a lot of time doing that, and that was a lot of uh, uh, ASP and and Flash work, uh, doing some interactive stuff and uh, games and and fun things and things that nobody thought you should be doing with with in a browser. Um, and then, uh, eventually, uh, things, I needed to go, go work more regularly. Uh, so I went, went into enterprise healthcare software. Sounds exciting. And, uh, yeah, it's super exciting, very thrilling, but it was stable. And, uh, so I was, oh, rookie. Ringing? am I ringing? It can't what? be me. That's an iPhone. I ditched, not me. I ditched that. I had Dang courage. On. Do not disturb. <laughs> Where's do not disturb? Oh, was it the Mac? It is. It was the Mac, oh, right? Oh, yeah. mutiny from the Mac. All right. So what was I talking about? Oh, so I uh, needed something more stable. So I went to go work in healthcare claims insurance, and they had an ASP product, and they needed to move it to uh, to, to actually get it out the door. So I got it out the door. Uh, it was a member benefits portal. Very exciting stuff. You could see your explanation of benefits and all its PDF glory. Um, so then uh, I was like, hey, this .NET thing was coming out. I kept getting these MSDN magazines saying .NET, .NET, .NET. And I'm like, well, clearly it's the future. So uh, I, I convinced the boss man to let me do that, ported it all over directly to, of course, VB.net. Oh. And uh, I know. Well, <laughs> hey. So, because it was all VB script, so I you know, went to VB.net, and I, I, I uh, pretty quickly realized this was, this was not what I wanted to do. 
Um, so made the shift to C sharp and, and haven't looked back since on that. Um, but that was a fantastic experience. Several years working at that software company uh, as uh, director of product development and director of product support. Uh, so I got really close to understanding customers and their needs, and which kind of fed into my passion that I have now for user experience and for really getting close to people who use the apps that we're building um, and, and not being constrained by the technology. So uh, it, was, it was fascinating to me when I was working in that environment to find that um, we would take these tickets for bug reports or for complaints that customers had, but nobody was actually seeing what the user was doing, right? Yeah. There was, there was, <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding and miscommunication, et cetera. And, of course, you know, your support team based on, on developers, they didn't want to get on the phone with anybody. Um, so we, we, we found this fantastic new technology called GoToMeeting. And uh, we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. When they call in, we, we start a go-to-meeting session, and we say, show me what you're doing. And it was fascinating how, how much faster we were able to diagnose issues, um, but it also created a lot more empathy for the people that we were serving uh, as our customers. So, uh, so there was that phase of my life, and then uh, left there to go out on my own and have been out on my own for close to a decade. I don't know. You'd have to go check LinkedIn on the dates. Uh, you get to be a certain age, and just all kind of blurs together. And, and I have four children, so that probably affects my, my <laughs> perception uh, of time. Um, yeah, exactly. So I uh, have been out on my own uh, since then. I uh, started doing mobile when iOS, or I guess at the time it was called iPhone OS 2, was the first open yeah. SDK that we could all build apps with. And so, again, uh, true, to, true to my uh, the way I operate, I, I found some old Mac OS developers who were eager to do some stuff. And I got a bunch of uh, projects with Rodale Publishing up in New York and said, hey, you guys uh, build this stuff. So they kind of led the way for me, and I just went in and, and learned Objective-C by virtue of seeing what they were doing and asking 20 questions. And, uh, yeah, so so did several of those kinds of uh, very um, glamorous apps that no longer appear anywhere on the Internet or in my portfolio because, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the graphics, they don't, even, they don't even look good anymore because no. they were so small, right? That first iPhone screen, I mean, nobody and wants to see that. And just the design language has changed so significantly. I can't look at an oh. iOS 6 app and not be disgusted by it. Absolutely, all the the rounded edges and the, and the gradients, and oh. it's all so shiny. It's yeah. all it's like it's like somebody took Vaseline and just smeared <laughs> it over your your UI. You know, it's like what? Um, yeah. So uh, because I had done .NET, um, I had this uh, somebody that I had met, and he was like, "Hey, have you heard of this mono mono touch thing?" And I'm like, "What?" And uh, so I. I can't remember what was my first mono touch brush. Oh, I remember. So I was working for uh, an agency doing kiosks. Uh, so we did a lot of, again, still a lot of flash work, but a lot of kiosk work as well. And and then when mobile was on the rise, and of course the iPad kind of became the favorite hardware piece of choice because it's low maintenance. You can put it in a, in a case or a housing and, and turn it into a wonderful little kiosk. So I had built this kiosk uh, and again had used flash on it. And I was like, you know what, man, we really got to start checking out this mono touch stuff. So... So I, uh, on my own time, just rebuilt it super fast, like on like a Saturday, uh, in, in Monotouch. And I was like, oh, this is great, man. I even had some nice animations going with it, using core animation or whatever, and showed it to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. But uh, we're just going to keep with the Flash thing. And then they, uh, you know, as they, as they like to do, uh, they like to keep all their costs down. They're like, hey, we need to do PhoneGap. And I'm like, okay. Oh, 
you know, I, I need a project. Let's do the phone gap thing. And uh, I, I think I I did one, maybe two phone gap projects. And I'm like, you guys, there's a better way. We can do this. And like, oh, we just don't understand that. We don't have any, you know, C-sharp people. We just have little JavaScript kitties. And so anyway, um, so that's how I kind of ended up here. So what I currently do is I work for a lot of uh, – I still do work for agencies, uh, although the mobile work has slowed down from that channel. Um, so we have uh, several direct clients that we do line of business stuff for, B2B type stuff. Um, but then we also support startups. We kind of understand the startup mindset really well, not not uh, render. We're, we're not scared of a little change. You know, you want to rebuild that screen four or five times. That's cool. You know, let's let's do it until we get it right. Um, but I do spend a lot of time uh, working on the, the UX side of things, really understanding and empathizing with people um, because I feel like that makes us better as developers uh, as well as designers because at the end of the day, uh, the end user doesn't really care uh, whether you used a mediator pattern or a view model pattern. Yep. Um, it really doesn't matter to them. What matters is why is the screen slow and why is the screen blank? And why can't I get done what I need to get done and feel like I need to throw my phone across the room? So Yeah, me and, me and Pierce are very much of that opinion as well. Even when it comes to samples, you can release a, a shockingly coded sample, but as long as it looks pretty and performs reasonably well, people just don't care. It's Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so speaking of, of app design, this is something that you've, you've definitely taken uh, taken on over the, over the past few years. And I actually... Um, I actually saw one of your talks you gave recently at Xamarin Evolve called uh, Design to App Workflow. So uh, what exactly is design the design to app workflow? What does that look like? Because I know a lot of us um, are developers and we don't really have that creative mindset. So, so what exactly does it look like to take a design to an app? Sure. So, uh, you know, the way it used to look um, is you have a print designer who decided they wanted to do digital. And so they're trying to make that transition. And so they mock something up or they design something up in Photoshop um, with, with plenty of, of layer effects and, what, and whatnot. And, and then they, they throw that over the wall to a developer. And the developer's like, I don't know what to do with this. And, and, there, and there's no communication between the two. Um, both thinks the other one's an idiot because the developer is going to mess up everything that the designer just did that was beautiful and pixel perfect. And uh, the developer thinks that the designer's an idiot because why didn't they consider that the button needs three different states? Or, you know, what's the, what's the flow from this screen to that screen? Uh, and and where, where are my error states to all these different forms that you've just designed for me? Um, so from a workflow standpoint, what you're trying to do is you're trying to cross, those, cross that divide. Um, both from an understanding standpoint of, uh, you know, what are you trying to achieve? What am I trying to achieve? Let's bring our brains together because there are gaps here. And if we just communi communicate a little bit better, uh, we're going to come up with a better result. So having the developer sitting with the designer and being able to say, hey, you know, we're going to need we're going to need some error, error uh, screens. Uh, what are these modals going to look like? Um, this button's fantastic, but what's it look like when it's pressed or look, look like when it's disabled? Um, all those sorts of things. And the designer who has a, usually a better understanding or at least more contact with users is going to have a better understanding of the emotion that they're trying to evoke or the path that they're trying to get down. And they, you know, sometimes they feel hindered by not understanding the technology of what it is that they're building. So um, from, from a workflow standpoint, it's, it's understanding those things 
and making the right decisions as a team as opposed to making decisions isolated from each other. Um, but it's also about the just the practicality of getting the assets that you need to d deliver what you're trying to deliver. So um, in, in the Flash world, back in the Flash days, uh, which, you know, Flash is evil, whatever, um, but we had a really good workflow, okay? So from a design standpoint, or, or you know, we just talk about the, what Flash was really good at. It was really good at vector, mm. right? Vector art assets. So when it came to multiple densities of screens, when Flash was trying to live on phones, which I did several of those, um, it actually excelled at that stuff because it was vector-based. And as long as your art was vector-based, it should scale just fine. Um, now you would usually get a hit in performance as you usually did. And I think that's where that really fell super flat is they could never solve some of the performance issues. Um, but when your designer designed something, then you had a tool to be able to take all that stuff directly into Flash. I mean, you could copy stuff straight out of Illustrator or, or uh, Fireworks was actually a really good tool for a long time from Adobe, which got canned. Um, I think it still exists, but they've stopped all their development on it. Um, you could just copy stuff straight into Flash, and it'd be good. It, you'd be pretty solid. Now, there were pixel issues, and if anybody's done Flash, you can talk about off-pixel rendering and things like that. But um, So we had a really good workflow in terms of how you provide the assets and how you get them into your apps. When it came to uh, doing mobile development and even web development, but mobile development especially in this case, uh, with mostly raster stuff. Now you can obviously do some vector stuff with SVG and PDF and things like that, but still the majority of your stuff is coming over raster. Um, you know, what's the workflow? How, how do I get that from a designer and have them express to me their intentions for things? Um, get the assets into the format that I need, but then also as a developer, you know, especially on Android, you need the multiple sizes, right? Oh, yeah. You need all the different density. So it becomes a real nightmare for that. Um, but also from a design perspective, there are several steps in between. So you've got your prototyping phase um, sometimes. I mean, not every project uh, does all of this, right? But uh, if, if we all have our druthers, then we have a prototyping phase where we actually validate our UI, validate our experience, validate our flows before we get into actually building it. Because obviously, once you start laying down code, uh, it's not necessarily as easy to, to make some radical changes to how things work. Um, and, and you don't want to have to say no to a UX decision because you've made a certain architectural decision from the code standpoint. So uh, what I talked about in that session, um, and there's a blog post on my, on my blog at render.io, um, and there's also obviously the, the sessions up on YouTube, right? Yeah, so yeah. you can go check it out. Um, so we talk about the tools that I have found most useful in our workflow and working with designers and getting things all the way through the, the pipeline to, to the developer. So pr probably the first one to talk about is Sketch. So Sketch is a fantastic, primarily vector-based tool, right? Yep. For designing for whatever. I mean, you can design for whatever. So web, mobile, uh, wearables. And uh, there are such a great community of plugins for Sketch. And I actually I just wrote a plugin for Sketch that helps you to organize your symbols screen. Um, and interestingly, total aside, uh, the, the, the scripting engine for Sketch is CocoScript, which is yeah. JavaScript-based with a flavor of Cocoa to be able to talk to the Cocoa APIs. So uh, t the reason for that being that Sketch is a Mac-only app. Unfortunately, I haven't found anything really comparable have, on the PC have side. You, have you guys found anything? Have you seen the Adobe Experience design 
beta. I have. I, have, I, I, have. I downloaded it, but I, I spent about two minutes in it and then decided it was hit, horrific compared to Sketch. <laughs> what, what did you think? Yeah, I don't know that I'm qualified to call it out as horrific. Uh, it, it, it was lacking. <laughs> it was lacking compared to what I was able to do in Sketch, both just simply because I understood Sketch, but um, it, it's just, it, it's a beta yeah. and it's still very new. Um, although I do have a, a client that sent me an experience design file wow. and that was, was how they had built their prototype. So uh, he had gotten pretty far with it. Um, but the sketch is obviously more mature, more robust. The plugin community is fantastic. Um, and, and they're, they're constantly improving and revving that thing. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm getting updates like weekly, if not multiple times, which some people might be frustrated by that. And you kind of have to make sure it doesn't break your plugins. But I'm all about the new um, features. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I think I've used Sketch extensively. And the thing that I really like about it, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is the ability to just paste straight into things like paint code and get that, you know, drawing code that you can just yeah. override in a draw method and boom, you've got... A resolution independent custom control um so yeah. i i really love that about sketch but i'm quite interested in this adobe experience thing and uh, once it comes to pc i'll definitely be giving it another look because i think on the pc yeah. side of things it's really really lacking for for the design tools that the mac users they, they've got it made yeah yeah we're, we're a little uh we're blessed. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've been doing is been uh, helping out a local uh, col or high school uh, coding club. And so they've got, uh, oh, like 15 boys and girls that come to this thing. And they actually just entered the Verizon app challenge. So I'll be interested. Uh, they sent off, I think, their submissions on Friday. I'll be interested to see how they did. So I went in and talked to them about their app ideas. And if you're not familiar with the design or with the app challenge, um, you're not actually building anything. It's more of a pitch uh, type process. But you need to actually ha know what you're doing and do some user research and, and things like that. Um, of course, the kid that wants to uh, program f flips open Android Studio and he's already, you know, got an app built out and everything like that. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm like, man, we have, and I was talking to Miguel about this uh, two weeks ago. I'm like, we have got to get Xamarin into these kids' hands. Like, come on. Mm. Why, why, why are they doing this other stuff? Because they want to be on iOS. Um, but uh, at least in our school system, uh, supporting Macs is, is not in their wheelhouse. Um, so... When it comes to prototyping, though, because they are all Windows based, um, th there's nothing for them. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just I can't. I, and I was I was like, oh, you guys gotta have Sketch, and and like one kid has a Mac at home, and it's uh, just made me so sad. But you know, and, and in terms of you know, I know we're talking about design and Sketch apps, and and uh, the audience may be like, hey, I'm a developer, I really don't care about design. I will encourage you to do, do this. Uh, check it out. Try it out. Uh, you can pull tons of samples off of uh, the Sketch website um, for mobile apps and things like that. Because the more that you can at least understand and appreciate what's happening from the design standpoint will make you a better developer. I promise you. It'll help you to make better decisions. You're not going to, you know, maybe you'll never design an app. But at least if you understand what goes into this stuff and you kind of come a little bit to the designer side of the table, uh, it, it enriches the whole deal. Um, so yeah. So uh, in terms of how we use sketch, yeah. So either we're building stuff ourselves. We've got a couple of internal apps that we've been working on. Uh, we've been working on a, a mobile app for Brax, uh, TV, which is our training website. And, uh, we also have some other, uh, skunk work projects that, you know, may or may not actually go anywhere. 
we also have the How You Say Language app, which is out in the iOS store now. Uh, which I'm like, you guys ever seen the How You Say app? I was, I yeah. just genuinely was like, right, I'm going to d- download this. I went to grab my Pixel. I don't use uh, iOS anymore. I've got a it, test it, device. It is, it is on it is on Android. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to do this one with Xamarin, but uh, we were able to do all the design through Sketch. And uh, yeah, you're like, well, forget yeah, it. Yeah, just I'm not put the phone that, back man. down. What? <laughs> my my phone doesn't run Java. Uh, so yeah, we wanted to go with wearables, and so that was kind of a gating factor for us. Um, so if you do have an Apple Watch, you know, it could be very exciting for you. But we were able to go through the whole sketch workflow with that, and uh, and there are some fantastic plugins that you can grab your assets and say, okay, generate for me all the sizes I need, and with a click of a button, uh, you get everything you need. And uh, if you target it properly, you can have it put directly into the folders where they go, so you don't have to do manual sorting. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the Android side, uh, there might be some better plugins out now. I know when I was doing it, I still had a little shell script that I would run that would rename and resort everything uh, to where it needed to be. Um, but that's that's a fantastic way to go. You can go directly from Sketch into Envision, which is the prototyping tool that we prefer to use. And with Envision, you can do in your browser or you can do on device. And uh, you can add comments. You can add developer notes. It's a really slick thing. And, and it gives you the basic animations uh, when doing screen transitions and even some modals uh, it has support for now. But you know, even you know, while it's not as feature-rich maybe as some of the other prototyping things out there, I actually prefer that because it doesn't set like this false high expectation <laughs> yeah for what the app's going to do you know some sometimes you see you know a really slick animation like especially if you go up to um behance and you look at some of the portfolio stuff on behance and you're like oh those animations are amazing you know how did they do that well yeah. they did them in after effects okay and you know the rendering you can get out of after effects is not what you're typically going to get on your on your run-of-the-mill mobile device yeah so I feel like setting proper expectations. And also the, the goal of a prototype is to get the user feedback in terms of validating that your 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 design works, that you're not breaking things, that you're not having dead ends, you're not having flow problems, um, that you know you you get what you what you need from it. Um, and if you if you get people too obsessed with uh, fancy animations, it's it's just no no bueno. So, uh, so prototype, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, for prototyping, yeah, Envision is, is kind of where we can go from there. And then once we know we've got what we want, we can take everything from Sketch and we can bring it into an app called Zeppelin. And so what Zeppelin does is the development team can access it. They can't necessarily change anything in the designs, but, but it breaks everything up. It tells you your styles for all of your, your font stuff, tells you uh, all your colors. You can create a, and, and if you are using, um, other mobile tools, it'll actually give you some code for all your colors and styles and things it, like that. Does it do that for Xamarin yet? So uh, when I was at Evolve, I reached out to Zeppelin and uh, worked with Joseph and put them in touch with each other. So I don't know that, that they've gotten anywhere with it, but uh, I would love to see that integration because that's just one step yeah. it saves you, you know, to be able to say, okay, here's all your styles, all your colors, all your, your hexes or your RGBs or whatever. It'd be lovely if um, it could produce a Xamarin form style in all the XAML. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Be able to spit that out. Yeah. Yeah. The thing we love about Zeppelin and Mike and I have talked about this on the podcast before because we're developers. Um, Once you get that design into Zeppelin, as you said, the developer can't change it around and that sort of thing. (laughs) And me and Mike, when we get a design, we're like, this is amazing. This design has all this stuff. And then we actually have to think about, you know, what decisions we, what we have to do to actually implement that design and we start yeah. cutting things. Yeah. And yeah. suddenly the app's not as pretty as it was when we had it prototyped out. 
And so that is something that's nice about Zeppelin. There's some finality to it. Um, and I can't go in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to live by this design. I'm going to implement it as it says it, I, that I should. And I'm not going to go back and delete things from my sketch file. Yeah, it, allow, yeah. it allows me to design the app that I actually want rather than the app that I'm going to have to build. Because if I go in <laughs> right. with the mindset of I'm building this, then you're just going to get Hello World. Yeah. Well, for, for a long time, because I was being handed uh, Photoshop files, I was doing all the cut up. And, uh, and so, you know, you, you are making a lot of decisions. And if you don't know necessarily some of the tricks and how to make sure that your, your edges have the proper opacity and you don't end up with jagged stuff, um, you could really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope to really messing that thing up. Uh, and, you know, Adobe tried to solve that with, uh, with an app that the name starts with a C and it completely is escaping me right now. But, uh, you know, you're talking about being able to generate XAML. What they did was they took your design files and brought it in, and you could export MXML, which was the Flex-based markup for Adobe Flex, which is was their kind of their more business uh, framework for Flash. And, uh, and and it was a fantastic promise. The, 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 where it really fell apart, though, was you couldn't go backwards with it. It was a one-way flow. So you can go from design to generating your code, but once you made any changes to your layouts or your code, uh, the next one's going to stomp on that. So, uh, you know, it would be wonderful to see things like that to support XAML. Um, but the, I think the same complexities and the same heartache is going to be present because it's, it's trying to achieve the same thing. And as Adobe is wont to do, they torpedoed the, the project and it ev evaporated. Well, Adobe have enough other projects on the uh, they burner. Do. There's a lot of products from them. They do. Cool. Um, so uh, so we have our design in Zeppelin. We're actually starting to implement it. Um, what exactly uh, does it look like um, when we actually have this design and we, we've added our styles, we've added that sort of thing? Um, what, what tools are you using to actually build your apps? Are you using traditional Xamarin? Are you using Xamarin Forms? Uh, what are you using? So for a long time, uh, we were doing Xamarin iOS and Xamarin Android, and we really held off on the Forms craze. Uh, I remember being uh, at, I think, the second Evolve, because uh, there's been three, so I don't remember the years because they were like off years or whatever. So 13, I 13 14, 14, 14 16. 15? 15? <laughs> uh, Is it not 16? 15. No, it was last year, dude. Was it really last year? Yeah. Oh, no, it was this year. It was this year. It was this year. It was this year. So there's, there's 15, 16? I don't whatever. Know. There's the blue t-shirt year. And oh, but then the there was the Nike pullover year. Yeah. Oh, your t-shirts changed every day, which I still have complaints about that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, the, this year's colors made me look horrific. <laughs> did not suit me, all the pastels. <laughs> they didn't consult you on that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, there was the blue t-shirt year, the uh, Nike pullover year, which that pullover is epic. Oh, that's that nice. Pullover. Yeah. That was a great year. Uh, yeah. And then there's the backpack year, which I actually really like the backpack. I didn't wear it at the conference, but. Okay, so I remember being at the second one, and it was I think that was the forms announcement, and uh, or maybe it was shortly after, and people were coming up to to Xamarin people and saying, "Okay, can I build my game in forms?" You know, and they were yeah. wanting to do really, I mean, and I thought the messaging was super clear from Xamarin on what forms was intended for, um, you know, building so, forms. It's it's the name of <laughs> the framework. We thought we were and clear so, as well. Yeah, I, I I thought it was pretty pretty clear, but you know, hey, people are going to want what they're going to want, and if you're going to give me a shortcut to building something, now I will say that 
part of our hesitance to adopt forms also is born from our history with, with Adobe. And I say our, I'm talking about Render because Ben Bishop and I, uh, the partners in, in Render, have that history together. That's kind of where we cut our teeth on, on projects together. Um, so we, we saw that happen. The, the, um, the desire to be able to do cross-platform development, a single UI that goes everywhere and does everything. Um, you know, we, we love the promise of it, but we just, we've been bit by that before. So you know, were waiting to kind of see how is this stuff all going to shake out? What are the performance implications? Um, and where is this going to fit in with our customers? So, so primarily been doing Xamarin iOS and Xamarin Android. And, and uh, we had our own framework that we used for a long time called Monkey Arms, which was a mediator-based uh, dependency injection uh, thing that Ben did. Ben did a wonderful job with it. It was inspired by a, uh, a very popular uh, framework from Flash called Robot Legs. So Robot Legs, Monkey Arms. You see Love the connection? It. Uh, and then... Uh, it, you know, and it was interesting because we put that out there. Ben put that out there in the community, uh, the Xamarin community, and nobody really was was super interested in it. And because we didn't come from a hardcore Microsoft background, we came from this, you know, independent developer or whatever. Um, uh, it was it was kind of an introduction to us that hey, you know, the Microsoft uh, community ha has their way of doing things, which is typically MVVM. And, and coming at it from a different angle really wasn't interesting to them. So uh, we quickly uh, started moving over towards uh, MBVM Cross and have used that on the majority of our projects. And so that allowed us to do fantastic code sharing uh, for our applications. And so we've done uh, projects for AT&T, DirecTV, Coca-Cola, Anheuser-Busch, um, all, using, all using that pattern. Um, but then uh, customers started coming to us and specifically asking for forms um, or what we ended up doing once we felt like we had enough confidence in the forms platform, we said, okay, well, we'll present proposals to clients and give them options. You know, if you go with the Xamarin iOS Android way, and, and we also do Swift and Java and Objective-C. So if, if they were really into that, we'd give them that option as well. Uh, but then we give them the Xamarin Forms option. And so uh, a great example, uh, there's a startup here in St. Louis uh, that's just trying to get off the ground. Um, and they wanted to be able to put out an iOS and Android app, uh, for, for mostly for investor interest, uh, to see if they can get anywhere with it. But basically what the app does is it does a, uh, uh, a watermark on videos that you record so that you can at any later time identify that you are the author of that video. Um, and so they had written their own proprietary C library. And so I was able to implement that with Xamarin uh, on the iOS side, use bindings on the uh, Android side, uh, used uh, P invoke uh, and all that wonderful stuff. And um, yeah, that was, that was super wonderful, but that ended up being a forms project. So I, th I felt like where that fit really, really well, even though there are some unique UI bits to it with like some audio sine wave stuff that we do and custom video interfaces, both for playback and for recording. Um, uh, it fit really, really well. And the performance was acceptable um, for the purposes of the prototype. Now, uh, what I'm super excited about is what Xamarin's now doing. Can I keep saying Xamarin? Do I have to say Microsoft now? Xamarin. Um, you can say Xamarin. All right, good, good. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Everybody knows. Uh, it's a Xamarin podcast. Doing... It's not the Microsoft podcast. No, that's right. Thank you very much. Good, good. <laughs> so, because I, I just can't get used to it. Now that I actually know how to say Xamarin, right? You know, it's like I have to keep Zamarian. Xamarin. Xamarin. 
So uh, what I am super excited about is what the new stuff that's that's been announced recently and is coming out. Um, so fast renderers, being able to really get maximum performance out of those guys and remove that extra layer of wrapping that's been around the renderers. Uh, compressed layout, again, removing that additional layer. Because it's funny, when people come to me and they ask, uh, my first Xamarin session uh, at Evolve was all about core animation. And the question that people will come up and say, hey, I've, you know, I'm trying to get my animation going, but it's not going fast enough. So the first thing you have to ask yourself when your animation is not going fast enough is, how many how many layers that you have nested here? You know, you need to flatten that guy out. Mm. I remember when the first uh, I think it was Tweetbot or one of the first major Twitter iOS apps came out, and their scrolling was so buttery smooth and fast. And the secret to it was that they actually didn't have all the elements on screen. They flattened everything into images. They rasterized it all, and that's what you were actually scrolling. So if you notice in that very first version of that iOS Twitter app, you couldn't actually select any of the text <laughs> because it wasn't text. It was an image. Um, so that's how they got the, the scrolling to be so smooth. They flattened everything. So with compressed layouts, with fast renders, removing all the extra cruft that, that um, they are able to now through whatever magic the Xamarin team is doing, get rid of. Absolutely wonderful. So that removes a lot of my objections to why I would have held off on doing it. Um, but then probably the, the killer one, uh, two, I guess, that are, that are coming out, and I'm pretty sure this is all out there, is so first of all, you can instantiate your native controls directly in your XAML, which yep. is wonderful. That's just a nice feature to have there. Yep. Um, but then the other being that you can take your Xamarin Forms elements, your pages, and you can bring them into a Xamarin iOS project. So that would allow you to go down the path with Xamarin Forms and do your prototype and get to where you need to be. But once the client's like, or once you're like, hey, we need to take it to the next level and we need to do all this stuff and, and we want to go back to the native Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Android, you can say, okay, well, we're not going to lose everything. We can stand this page up inside of a Xamarin iOS, Xamarin Android app and it'll work. Um, now, I'm sure that there's some rewiring that needs to be done. My understanding is the navigation will need to be redone, things like that. But you don't, it's not a 100% refactor. Um, so you don't feel like you are cutting yourself off by going down a Xamarin Forms path or a Xamarin iOS path, for that matter. Um, you can meet them back up and choose the best bits of each piece. Uh, it's kind of like how I heard uh, Miguel describing how Xamarin Studio and, and now Visual Studio for Mac is built. There are pieces of it that are cross-platform UI, and there's other pieces of it that are Cocoa or um, whatever they had been using on the Windows side. Um, and, you know, choosing the right tool, the right technology for the need of that screen, even within the same app, I think is absolutely fantastic. So I'm really excited. Uh, it makes Xamarin Forms a lot more palatable to me. Um, and, and definitely right for those scenarios like I just described with that client that needed a quick prototype, um, get it out the door, see what kind of uh, feedback they got from their investors, and then uh, we can, should we need to, be able to go in several different directions with that code base and not, not feel stuck. Yeah, and I think just understanding generally how each platform, if, if you are using Xamarin Forms for your app, understanding how each platform actually works in terms of, okay, this is a, a navigation concept that's actually native to this platform and this isn't, goes a long way as well because I see a lot of people building forms apps and they, they just have a, you know, a single, you know, maybe UI or whatever that they have for all these different platforms where even something like changing uh, a flyout to tabs on iOS, that's, a, that's not that hard to change to actually do in code. 
you're just saying if device.os is equal to iOS, show this page, I'll show this page, that makes a huge difference. So just following those, those navigation patterns and that sort of thing, using the right controls, that sort of thing, goes a long way as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was uh, a major concern I had when forms came out was that uh, people are no longer going to take the effort to learn the native platforms mm. and to learn the appropriate standards, that, that they would ignore the Apple guidelines, uh, right or wrong, whether you agree with the guidelines or not. You know, they're there, and, yep. and but, but also just good UX. So my second Evolve session, uh, not to just keep rehashing all my sessions, was, was about- <laughs> Go watch was about, I know, right? was about design patterns. <laughs> the The second Evolve session was my fat session. The third Evolve session was the one where I lost the weight. So, fat session. That's how, I, you, that's how you know the difference. When I, people at, when people tell me <laughs> I saw your I saw your Evolve session, I was like, what? Which one was I fat or skinny? <laughs> and yet, I I don't picture you as ever changing. You're still as youthful as the first time I yeah, met you. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. I'm always shocked. I remember the last Evolve. You mentioned how old you were. I won't say it. Just just because it's a podcast but like <laughs> he he looks incredible for his age is all i'm gonna say it's wow this this just tur- took a took an odd turn didn't well, it? well <laughs> of course i started it i was the one that mentioned <laughs> so back on topic but mm. but understanding patterns right understanding what's right. what's a good ux pattern and why is it a good pattern and and you know there are reasons behind these things with good user research for the most part you know uh, maybe the hamburger menu isn't always the best decision that's one that gets picked on a lot i hate the um, hamburger menu the ha- yeah if it's not if it's not understood then it's not useful so you know we need to replace it with something else or find the most appropriate use for it but that was my concern with forms is that people would would not really understand the underlying frameworks the apis uh, what, or even just the culture of, of an iOS user versus a Android user. Um, they're different. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they are converging a bit with the way that uh, the, the Google design has been coming around. Uh, it seems like, oh, I, your Pixel. I mean, does, does that home screen look terribly different from an iPhone? I've basically got it set up to look exactly like my iPhone. Yeah. Um, the only yeah. thing that, and this gets me every now and again, I will want to, like, turn on the torch and I'll be on the pixel swiping up from the bottom and just getting Google Assistant. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> the wrong way, wrong way. It's at the top. I need to pull down. Um, but no, the, the phones are almost the same. And I think you're right that there's there's some developers that don't want to learn the underlying platforms. And yeah. I think with Forms also supporting XAML, we've been hit double whammy on that because desktop WPF developers and people who have sadly done Silverlight in the past have <laughs> uh, uh, taken a look at Xamarin and thought, hey, I know this. And it's like, yeah, you do know the languages, but you need to understand the platforms. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go to that extra level of understanding what's 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 underneath. Yeah. Um, which, now that Forms is open source, you can go up to GitHub, right? And you can go look at it and say, okay, when I instantiate a label, what's happening underneath? Um, which... Uh, I guess I can admit this now, but yeah, I totally decompiled those DLLs, and I was I was I was reading through it because uh, I wanted to know. Okay, when I instantiate this, what's really happening? When I do this layout, what's really happening? Why am I having this struggle? Um, and yeah, so cool. Uh, and I just wanted to close by talking a little bit about Brax and what you're doing over there um, yeah. in terms of training and that sort of thing. So uh, would you like to explain, first of all, what Brax is and uh, and uh, where, how it got started and, and where it's going? Absolutely. I love to talk about this. So I appreciate that. Brax yeah. is uh, our training website, uh, brax.tv. 
and uh, it's short for brain wax. So the idea is simply that, uh, yeah, woohoo! Uh, we have a cool logo. I think our logo is pretty, pretty, pretty nice. So the the idea being that um, we want to do really short, condensed, no fluff training videos. Um, primarily about stuff that we're interested in. Um, it's not a go back to level 100 and teach yourself to program type thing, but it's, hey, I have a specific problem. Um, Egghead.io does a really nice job of this with web-based technologies. And so we, were, we know the guys that did that and we're super inspired by that for mobile. So, uh, you know, it's kind of the scenario of you have somebody, uh, you're a coworker and you're like, man, I'm, I'm banging my head on this. How do I... Uh, set up SiriKit to be able to respond to me, which was one that I did recently. And so uh, I did a little five minute or less, and that's kind of our target, five minutes or less, uh, video on how to get SiriKit wired up and responding to you. And, uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of preamble to it. Um, it's, you know, you, you, there's some stuff you're going to need to know going into it, and we're not going to cover that in this video. You can go watch a different video. Perfect. Um, but they're all super short, so... You know, no big deal. Uh, you should be able to bang through them pretty quickly. So I think on the Xamarin side, we have a little over 80 videos right now um, covering stuff like Realm DB. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, continuous, continuous Frank Krueger's app. Yep. Yeah, we got a couple of apps uh, covering that stuff. Uh, ben Ben's done the lion's share of all that stuff on the Xamarin side. And so he deserves a big uh, congratulations for the work he's done there. Um, so yeah, Realm DB, continuous, uh, uh, as I mentioned, Siri kit. Um, and then there are some, some kind of foundational, you know, how, how to set up a UI label, uh, how to do interface builder type stuff uh, in there as well. And then on the uh, Objective-C and Swift side, we've got uh, quite a few things over there as well from some good friends of ours, uh, Jeff Roberts and his son um, that put those together. So kind of the inspiration for it was we wanted to, to have just a, a good repository of those, those nuggets. Um, initially it was going to be called something like little big dev because Ben was teaching his younger brother, Zach, how to code and how to code mobile. He, he has web chops, um, but he hadn't done any mobile with us. And so we were actually going to do it kind of almost like in a documentary film story format. Um, these two urban Indiana guys or, or rural Indiana guys, uh, learning to program and older brother kind of smacking the younger brother around. It was going to be funny. Um, but you know, we're developers, we're not uh, video production guys. So we kind of quickly decided <laughs> maybe we bit off more than we could chew there. And, uh, so that's kind of what we've ended up with. We really hope to be able to, uh, you know, continue to add some really good, uh, videos that people are interested in. Definitely the stuff that gets lots of traffic is kind of the timely newer stuff. So like the, the continuous, the realm DB, the, um, yeah, all that stuff gets tons of traffic, the UI label, not so much. Um, but you know, other, other trading websites do fantastic job at that. So, you know, mm. where, where Xamarin university is a much larger proposal in terms of certification and, and courseware. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's, you know, take your pick tons of other websites out there have their good mobile training. That'll take you from zero to, to hero, I guess, um, is, is their niche. So our niche is the, I have a specific problem to solve. Just, just show it to me. Don't, don't dance yeah. around it. You know. Yeah. Well, I I have ADD, so this is gonna be amazing for me. I know usually by like <laughs> when I'm doing the modules, like in plural side training or whatever, I get to like the second grouping, and I see like you know three hours and all this other stuff. <laughs> it, it, I tune it out, and then I end yeah. up not learning anything. So 
Um, this sounds super, super useful and uh, definitely have to check it out. And I encourage everyone listening to the podcast to check it out as well. And check out uh, that uh, two times feature. You can you can speed it up so you oh, can yeah. get your five minutes oh, in, yeah. in two and a half. Two and a half minutes. It's the only and way. There's a to transcript watch too. And if you don't even want to watch it, you can just scan the transcript. Yeah. Love it. Uh, well, so this has been another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. David did amazing. We learned a little bit about app design. Uh, I am happy to say I don't think that uh, David will be the first and last guest uh, who is not a Xamarin, who's on the Xamarin Podcast. We'll have to have you back sometime, David. We enjoyed it. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. It was Thanks a blast. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. So this has been another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. Thanks for listening. And then it'll get boom, boom, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da